You are now listening to the Open Canvas. Open Canvas, Nikki Chulo. Hello, hello. Take one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll keep that. We'll keep that. <laughs> Open Canvas. <laughs> this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. Uh, he already said his name, or I said his name. You already know he's in the room. This is someone who I met in LES at a party, a birthday party. And it was actually at the end of the night, people were getting ready to leave, but it was a dope party. I'd never been to that venue before. One thing that I noticed about this guy is I was with a group of my friends and you know we were all talking and then he was also there as well talking with us and just nothing but good positive energy and a level of respect and awareness of who he was. Like, I felt like I already knew. We actually yeah, even said that, like, we know each other. <laughs> Without any further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself, man. Thank you, man, that was really nice. <laughs> um, I go by Nikki Chulo. That's my, I guess, alias you can say out here in the city. My government is Nicholas Fulcher, but if you use it, I will probably kill you. Why is that? <laughs> it, it's like, it's an, it's an old name. It's just, it's, it's a new me. Yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, and as of January, art director. I've worked with countless names coming out of the DMV. That's where I'm from, DC, Maryland, Virginia, for the people that don't know. To name a few, Gold Link, always first and foremost. I've worked with JIDK, Logic, Chaz French, uh, Raheem Devon, DJ Money, Wale. The list goes on. So yeah. that's essentially what I do. I'm in the arts. That's so. real. So growing up for you, like, what, what was it like growing up in that area? Shit, well, I was born in Brooklyn. My mom took me down to VA when I was three years old. She didn't want me to grow up around the pollution and the drugs and just like the violence. And the yeah. only thing that solved was the the pollution part. Like, mm -hmm. It's the same right, it's everywhere, the same essentially. Lifestyle, yeah. So I grew up in the suburbs. I'm not hard or anything. Like, I'm not gonna Front. shoot you. Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. need to be extra. Yeah. <laughs> it's a love always. Right, so I came right. up in the suburbs. It was nice, it was pretty smooth. Played a lot of sports. I jumped into graphics, I guess. 10th grade? Yeah. That's when I first got exposed to computer graphics, Photoshop. That was like the LimeWire days when yeah, you were downloading Lime Wire, random videos. Yo. <laughs> LimeWire, yeah, I remember like being up late, like hours into the night, just trying to download something off of LimeWire. And you know, when you're downloading something on LimeWire, there's like multiple files you like, can be downloading at once. Yeah. So you had to wait for one file to download fully before the next one started. Mm -hmm. And you're like, yo, I gotta get this album. So I'm down. I hope we're not incriminating ourselves. Like I hope that, you know, but you know, <laughs> statues of limitations is over. But LimeWire, Napster, shout out to that. And with LimeWire, this is how Soldier Boy got popping. He, he would, <laughs> let's say uh, Jay-Z comes out with a hit. Yeah. He would, it'd be the name of the song, like Jay-Z, Kingdom Come, whatever. Yeah. But it would be Soldier Boy's track. And he would do that for all the hot releases. Yeah. And eventually he became a popping individual. Allegedly, yeah. that's what I heard. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, not confirming anything here. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, 10th grade. I kind of got my cake, my start. It was all uphill from there, man. Graduated high school, went to community college for fine arts. Went to a university in Atlanta, SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, right. for my degree in Bachelor of Communications, I think. Yeah. I didn't get it. I had one year left, but right. that's what I went to study. Right. So it's always been a constant, consistent part of my life. Was that something like even growing up as a kid, like you were like, okay, I see something that I'm taking to, or like I'm talented at, or was this something that you sort of had to learn through with the education system to get into? I would say, first I wanted to be a train conductor as a kid. Okay. And then I wanted to be an astronaut. Astronaut was like the biggest thing for me. I wanted to go in space and study planets and the stars. But um, my mom used to draw with me as a kid. So 
I guess after I got into computer graphics, I was like, all right, this is definitely what I want to do. Like, I knew that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people were like, you're lucky you knew so early, blah, blah, blah. But it's a gift and a curse. Because, like, I'm passionate about it. Like, my social life is so up and down because, like, I'm, what is it, Saturday? Yeah. I'm yeah. here and it's like, I'm going to work after this. Right, like, right. So balance is tough. Like you say, you listed some of the names of the people that you work with now. When you were younger, was that even a goal for you? Were you like, all right, I see myself creating this type of art for a living? Or was it just like something you sort of stumbled into? I would say I stumbled into it. Like, I liked, I guess growing up, I liked a lot of comic book art and graffiti and... TV shows, video games was my main thing. I wanted to be a game oh, designer. Yeah. And I did a, I learned a little programming and got these little games and stuff as a kid. Through LimeWire also, same time. Shout out to LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this episode is sponsored by LimeWire on the low, like. Exactly. I always knew I loved music. Mm. And I remember the two album, I guess the album packaging that caught my eye was a uh, Linkin Park and Jay-Z Collision Course. Mm. They did that. Yeah, back, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm visually seeing that album cover right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Mm. And then the Gorillas, I like their album cover with their side profile shots. That, yeah. that spoke to me in a way. So those were the two, the first main influences. And it's funny because one of my clients, his name is Elefante. He's yeah. an EDM producer. Nice. Like a year ago, I started working with him and he asked me that question. He's like, what's your favorite album I work? Mm. And I didn't have an answer for him. That's crazy because mm-hmm. I've been doing this for years. So that's my answer. Gorillas, Demon Days, and then Jay-Z and Linkin Park, Collision yeah. Course. Yo, and when you think about album covers, there's something about it that's it's almost like ingrained in your mind. Like there's certain albums, like even before you even heard it, you see the cover. That's like really your first interaction with the music is the cover art. For me, I, I think about like Stevie Wonder's music. For me, when my parents had vinyl records in the house, like they had a bunch of Stevie Wonder records, a bunch of Earth, Wind & Fire records and before I even listened to the music like I would just be mesmerized looking at these vinyl covers there was a whole world inside of these album covers like I I couldn't believe it so for you and with what you do now do you see yourself sort of creating these pieces of art as something like you're you're basically the consumer or the audience's first engagement with an artist like it comes through you you know so what's that like it does and a lot of people don't understand that i've gotten into many arguments about that with artists and Mm. managers because it's like you're making great music that's great but i have a big part in this too like Mm. it's a package deal it's like Mm. i'm 30 percent you're 70 but i'm the 30 percent that they're gonna see first yeah for me it's like it depends on the music Mm -hmm. in college they taught us like there has to be a vibe like you have to get somewhat of an understanding of what you're about to get yourself into yeah like there are crazy covers out there like i think nirvana has an album cover i think that's the man with the baby in the pool yes with his his little schlong just chilling in the water (laughs) yeah yeah so everyone i mean they got mad listens that's who they are Mm. it's punky it's a little taboo i guess right right i forgot where i heard this from but those back in the day if you go see a movie you're more likely to go see these movies that are rated r and not for kids when you're young you're like yo that appeals to me because it's more rebellious Mm. so rebellion is a good thing to kind of like push maybe not rebellion i would say um honesty is a good thing to push there's Mm. a lot of censorship honesty is good when you're working with album artwork yeah and it's tough to portray sometimes absolutely and are you finding your voice through it like is this something that you're also communicating through these pieces or is it a little bit yeah like um i guess my close friends like they can always see artwork that I've done and they know it's me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that's cool sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, no, like, I don't want you to know I did that. Right. I want it to be good and be like, who did that? Oh, surprise it was me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I guess for each album cycle that I work on, that's like album, <laughs> single, 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 like a cycle. Yeah, yeah. I'll have an aesthetic or style specifically for that person. So people recognize it when it comes out. Mm. Some little elements carry on through all the work I do. Yeah. But I don't 
necessarily wanted to. It just it just kind of happens. It happens that way, naturally. Yeah. Right. It right. looks good. It yeah. Sense, so. <laughs> yeah, man. So with the projects that you have worked on, was there someone or a situation that sort of got you into the industry of creating album art? Or is it something that you... Oh, oh you got something to say. <laughs> you got something to say. Okay. I do. Let me stop. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it. Fuck it. I'll say it. All right. <laughs> when I lived in Virginia, this was freshman year of college. I worked at Sportzone. It's like a retail boutique. They sell sneakers and apparel. Yeah. It's like the spot to go. So I worked retail there. It was in the local mall, Springfield Mall. And I was working one day, da 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 work, work, work. This dude comes in, don't know who he was, but he was like, yo, I need to find an outfit. Can you help me out? Mm -hmm. Shoot some match, whatever, whatever. I actually have a music video shoot later. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that's dope. Okay, cool. So I helped him figure his shit out. I can't remember exactly what I showed him, but I remember being blue, like a blue shoe, some pants, snapback. Got him out the way. Yeah. And um, I'm like, I'm actually a graphic designer too. I can send you some stuff. He's like, yeah, 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 for sure. Send me some stuff. Like he kind of dismissed me, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. But low key, I had the fire, so. Right. <laughs> um, he's like, all right, cool. Shit, I'll say it. So this kid, so this kid, <laughs> this kid is, his name is Henny. Henny. And he uh -oh. manages Goatlink. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, he yeah. used to rap. That's how I got my start. So send him my stuff. He's like, yo, I've been looking for an artist like you. This is great. Cool. Did his mixtape cover. Flyers, like merch, I did all this stuff. And this was like 2010. Wow. wow. And yeah, we went to shows. I got to jump on stage and shoot people <laughs> with water guns while they were performing. <laughs> it, was a, it was a beautiful time. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got my start. I guess I grew with him for like the first two, three years. Mm. Like they had a studio, Golding with the high school of me. That's kind of like how everything started. Everyone kind of knew me through him. So. Yeah. Wow. So thank you if wow. you're listening. Shout out to you. You've done a lot for me. Yeah. And yeah. I'll never forget it. That's real. That's real, man. And those are the stories that make your life unique. Yeah. You know, the fact that it wasn't something that you necessarily intentionally sought out, mm -hmm. but through those situations and you just being aware, yeah. aware of the opportunity, you just went after it, you know? So that means a lot, bro. It's you know, insane. like I'd be, I'd be in the backs, like stacking shoes. <laughs> His music video would come out and he'd be wearing the merch I designed and wow. I'd just be in the back like, yeah, yeah, when can I quit this job? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like you see, you see where you're going. Like you yeah. see your trajectory already, and that's something that, like, I think a lot of creatives, once they get that first realization of their work resonating, yeah. and that like, it's connecting, the hunger that comes from that is like, okay, I got more. Like you said, you like you got that fire. Like you just yeah. gotta just put it in front of people, and then it'll connect. Exactly. Know? So like, you know, as an artist, man, that's something that I recognize in you is the confidence that you have in your work and right. in your ability. That's something that I feel like sometimes creatives, we almost get labeled with this like shy or timid label as if like we aren't confident in ourselves or we don't know who we are. Mm -hmm. But for you, that's something I see and that's clear in your work as well as like you're consistent, you're confident, you know what you're doing and you know that it will connect with people. Yeah. Like, what does that mean to you? Man? It wasn't always like that. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. It's like... As an artist, you're gonna get finessed. You don't mm. want to, but mm. no one really teaches the business side of art and what your time is worth. And you're like, oh, I'll do this for 20 bucks, 30 bucks, flip it. If he likes it, cool. And it ends up being like a week of changes and stuff. And mm. you don't know that you should charge for that, charge for your time. So you get 20 bucks for sitting behind a computer for like two, three weeks and working on stuff. And mm. it's really not worth your time. So. There's that, and then there's like going to shows and seeing your stuff live and talking to people. It's not something that comes naturally. It's like you have to learn how to communicate with people, especially in the music industry, because people, 
can be shady. People can be shy too. Mm. You just have to learn how to read people. In general, not just the music industry, it's just like across the board. There's like a social level that you should try to attain to help sell yourself as a person and an artist. It's 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 a tough balance. Yeah. And I think what you're describing now is something that is becoming more and more of a reality for us as young people. It's like the reality that we are creative and entrepreneurs. And I think yeah, social media helps with that transparency. So people are learning a lot faster because yeah. you can see it in real time. Yeah, you're seeing people doing it. Exactly. Right. Like you can see the conversations. You can see so much. And I'm thankful for that. Social media is the devil from time to time. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm also thankful for the fact that people understand each other better, mm. whether it comes down to like race, creed, religion, whatever. Everything's like right there. Yeah. Everything. Absolutely. Whether you like it or not, someone's talking positive, negative, neutral. Like you can see how people interact and people aren't as bad as they think people are. Right. People are good. We're living in a time right now where through the internet, the ability to connect with people, we're learning a lot faster now. When at once you had to sit in the classroom and read a textbook in order yeah. to learn how to like network one-on-one, -on -one, business one-on-one, -on -one. we're sort of confronted with this now and we're like, okay, well, like instead of waiting to, to like say, okay, I have to wait until I get to this point before I'm able to actually start pursuing my passion or working. No, I can actually do it now, yeah. you know? And like, I think you're a prime example of that, man. It's like you you have the education and the knowledge and the understanding, you've done the homework and the research into your craft, but you've also taken the step of saying, okay, I have to almost be a self-starter at the same time. Yeah. I can't wait for someone to give me an opportunity or wait for the circumstance to be the perfect circumstance for me to start working. Yeah. You basically have the best of both worlds. You're able to say, I have the understanding and the education, but I also have the go-get-it attitude, 100%. you know? So that means a lot, man. A lot of us need to take on that same attitude. The school of hard knocks is the best school. Mm. Like, mm -hmm. you just go out and get it, get dirty, make yeah. a mess. That's it. You're That's gonna it, right? like fail, fail as much as you can. Mm. Cause you will have the greatest lessons from that. Like. Yeah, especially for young creatives that are listening, mm -hmm. there's that feeling of, you know, you may be working on something, but then the level of being able to put it out, like to put that in front of an audience can sometimes, it can be scary, it's you know? Fun. Cause like, especially when it's your first time, you're like, oh, I, I don't know how it's gonna be received. But the best thing to do is just to get it out there, whether it's a mess up or something like that, you can learn from it. And exactly. then the next time it's not as hard to put out your work. I've done it before. Exactly. I've got over my biggest fear. Now. I can just do it and get better at it and take feedback and continue to sharpen my craft. You exactly. Know? So, so yeah, man, that's real. That's real, man. Are you living in New York now? Are you like I here, am. here? Yeah, yeah so. I live here. So I'm at Atlantic Records as an art director, so I kind of have to be here. <laughs> it's a beautiful job. But yeah, before yeah. I got this gig, I was going to move to LA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to hit the West Coast for a little bit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, man. So what has it been like being in New York? Like, what have you been up to? Well, first and foremost, I couldn't afford my last year of college. Mm. So I kind of had to come up here. Yes. Um, New York is a busy place. I actually didn't necessarily want to end up living here because it's busy. There's so many people. There's so much going on. People pull me a lot of different ways. Mm. And I try to be nice. It's hard for me to say no. It's self-sacrifice in a sense. Like, I'm going to do what I can for my friends and their goals and dreams, but at the cost of a lot of my time and money and social life. And it's like, that was my biggest thing. 
now that I'm here, here, I've been here for four years. It's a beautiful thing. I've learned the balance. It's a busy city, but I've come to love it a lot, actually. Yeah. The winters are a bitch. Oh my But gosh. everything else is yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's funny, like this winter was crazy because it really didn't start getting like really cold until like late winter. Yeah. But when it, was, it got cold, it got, it got brick. It got yeah. brick, you know? And and it's funny because now it's like we skip the spring. Yep. Like it's summer now. It's like 80 degrees now. Like it's crazy, yo. Know? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Shout man. out to the sundresses, yo. <laughs> <laughs> very, very happy. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, like being here in New York, what is your take on the creative scene here? The creative scene here is beautiful, man. Mm. It's, there's nothing like it. You won't get it anywhere else. Like you have a mix of cultures in every which way. It's like a hive of creativity. Yeah. You can't lose. If you want to do something, you come up here, you do it, or someone will teach you or someone will show you, or you'll get in on the scene where these things are happening. Yeah. And it's like, like I wanted to do graffiti all my life. I met this kid a couple weeks ago. He's like, yo, I mean, just come out with us. Yeah. And that was my first time like getting up. 2, 3 a.m. He's like, all right, let's rock. Got paint cans, went out. And it was a great experience. And I did that because I felt like, what would my eight-year-old self want me to do? Yeah. Boom, let's go do this. Yeah. And I just went and did it. Mm. I'm like, yo, what's up? What are you up to? And we just went. So New York is a place where you can literally ask and receive. Mm. Don't be a dick, but you can ask and receive. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's facts, man, because I see that a lot. And like you said, what would your eight-year-old self do? Mm -hmm. That's something that us, like we're growing up, we're, we're young adults now. Yeah. Almost tapping into who you were or who you are as a child is important. Understanding your creative passions and skills and not losing it, yeah. you know? And you're someone who has been able to find something at a young age mm -hmm. that you were great at, you know, develop that talent and then turn that into something that you can live and support yourself off of. Yeah. Is that something that you're proud of? I'm hella proud. It's still like, <laughs> it's still surreal to me. Yeah. Because I work so much and I party as much as I work and it's like, I haven't mm -hmm. literally sat down and taken a day to be like, I'm making a living off creating, you know what I mean? Even saying it is just, it's weird. <laughs> it's you know? surreal, right? Like, no. <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing. Like I can't imagine living a life not doing what I love. Yeah. Cause I've never really, ha I mean, I did, I've worked retail, but even then like I would screen print t-shirts in high school mm. and my manager would let me hang them up on the weekends and sell them. Wow. So even he kind of like he saw pushed me, yeah. he did. Yeah. And yeah. That, I'm getting I'm getting a little emotional now nah, thinking nah. about it. <laughs> no, tell us, tell us about that story. Like, yeah. how did that happen? So everyone I worked with back at SportsZone, they, they knew what I did. They were supportive of me and graphic design. This was a little bit before I met Henny and got into the rap scene. I would just do t-shirts. I interned for a clothing brand out in DC called The Plum, mm. and beautiful brand. I just had my own t-shirts. So I had this brand called iBone in high school, mm. which sell it out my locker. So fast forward to college when I was working at SportsZone, it was just like a family. They're just like, all right, yo, we know you sell these shirts. They're really dope. We can hang them in the front. You can match them with Jordan 1s, like got the <laughs> red and black shoes, red shirt, match it up. Yeah. We'll try to help you sell it. And I was like, yo, thank you so much. That's really dope. Wow. It was just, yeah. yeah. A lot of people stood behind me and it's, I, it's not like I asked for it. Right, it right. just clicked and it came up in conversation sometimes. I'm like, all right, well, here's what I can do for you. It's like when people recognize like you have a genuine passion for something, mm -hmm. you know, and then that's like a prime example, like you're working a retail job, but people see the genuine passion that you have for your craft that, you know, you were able to find a way to connect the two. You're not compartmentalizing your life. True. You're able to say, you know, I can find a way to have my passion and then still keep my job at the same time. Yeah. So you're doing that now on a larger scale, basically. <laughs> you know, it's I the am. same formula, you know, it's just on a different level. That's I great. feel like the more you talk about what you want to do, the better it is. It's mm. like a, a level of honesty mm. that you should have with yourself when you're looking for your passion. Because I remember my mom, 
Because I'd meet a lot of people and they'd be like, oh, you can work on this for me, you can work on that for me. Like, I think this is dope. My mom's like, how do you meet all these people? Like, she was cool with what I did, but she's like, don't tell people what you do so much. Mm. And I'm like, well, like, why? Like, what's the problem with it? So, I mean, my mom's great. She supported me across the board, but that was like the one thing I was kind of like, why not? So, yeah. I didn't listen, obviously, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, man, like, and, and I think in the creative scene and just the overall culture, being more honest with our passions and even our goals is necessary because when we're aware of, personally aware of our own goals, yeah. but also we're aware of each other's goals, and we can then better help each other. Exactly, there's you know? a beautiful synergy that comes with that. Mm, yeah, yeah, like I experience it every day. Mm. Like when you're able to really listen to someone and hear them out on in terms of like, oh, I wanna do this, or you know, I'm planning on doing this. Like then you can actually say, you know, this is how I can help, or this is how I can connect with you with someone that I know that can help you in your path, you exactly. know? And then they can do the same for you and, and you don't even have to ask for it. And it's not even like a usury thing, or you're using this person, they're using you or vice versa. It's like, no, I genuinely see what you're doing and I connect with it, here's how I can help or connect you with someone who can help you, right. you know? And once that honesty, that open honesty and that dialogue is available and like people are actually having that conversation, then we'll be able to like help each other grow and see the collective scene rise up, you know? Exactly. We definitely need that, yeah. for sure. That, for that's sure. how I got here. Yeah, yeah, so, man. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of that. Yeah, man. So so you say you live in Queens now? I live in Queens now. Yeah, so, yeah. so how's living in Queens, man? Queens is dope. Right. And I know what happened was I was saving for LA, mm -hmm. and I got fired from my last job. And what happened? Uh, I mean, my punctuality is not the greatest thing ever. <laughs> so I was delivering great work, but I came in late a lot. And I definitely understand where they came from with it. Right. But uh, <laughs> shout out to you guys if you somehow come across this. I'm not gonna say the company, but, <laughs> right, right, right. but they're good people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got cut, guess we're not going to LA, <laughs> and freelance for a little bit, and then I got the Atlantic gig. Mm. So I'm looking for apartments now. Yeah. I used to live in the Heights, I love the Heights. I think yeah, I'm gonna go back, it's uh, beautiful up there. The yeah. food is good. There's a lot of beautiful things in the heist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was going to say it, but I was like, uh. Yeah, man, that's something that I love about living in New York. There, there's so many different neighborhoods and pockets that you can find that you can live in so many different places and feel like you're living in a different, completely different city. Yes. You know, where, where in Queens are you now? Uh, Laurelton. So it's like deep, like near JFK. Definitely. Yeah. So, so like you have that area, mm -hmm. it has a certain vibe and energy to it. Yeah. But then you move to the Heights or Dykeman or somewhere like that. It's like a completely different vibe. Yeah. LES is a completely different energy. Mm -hmm. You know, Brooklyn and like Brooklyn is its own world. It's got so many different pockets and neighborhoods. For me, like living in New York is just nothing but constant inspiration. True. You know, especially as creatives, that's something that we thrive off of is that inspiration. It's like having these different areas that we can go to and experience, you know? So like for you, even though you were born in Brooklyn, living somewhere else and then coming back here, do you find New York being an inspiration for you? New York is an inspiration for me. It is because if you want to change your life, you can literally do it in the blink of an eye. Like, yeah, yeah, you can yeah. go up to Yonkers, which is God knows how far. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's close, but it's just like, it's the boonies for the city, in my opinion. <laughs> you can go to Yonkers, you can go to City Island, you can go to Montauk, you can go to fucking anywhere, like Coney Island. Like, you will never run out of environments to change. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like, if you're uninspired, there's somewhere to go. Yeah. There's Jersey, there's Connecticut. Everything's close. Yeah. You can literally get whatever you want here, go wherever you want here for a different experience. And it's, it's inspiring. Yeah. It's definitely inspiring. Has your work allowed you to travel at all? Have you personally traveled? Yeah, last year I did a lot of traveling. Last year I went to LA, San Francisco, Miami, 
all for the first time except for San Francisco. Hmm. How was that experience? The experiences were dope. So when I went to LA, I got to see a lot of my music friends. I got to stay with my homie DJ Money. I got to stay at Wally's spot for a little bit. Hmm. And I got to see Santa Monica, which I wanted to see since I was a kid. Yeah. The food is delicious. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. I think traveling is essential for hmm. a creative. Like you need a change of environment. Definitely. 100%. Yeah, man. And I mean that in the sense of place and people. Absolutely. So would you say, like, what would be the difference between the creative scene in New York versus the creative scene in, in L.A. or California or uh, Miami? Shit. Well, <laughs> I'm going to put Miami and L.A. together. All right. All right. And it's going to be, it's, uh, it's welcoming. It's very do-it-yourself, DIY. Everyone supports each other. Things are more spread out in LA and Miami. So when you have like a little group or collective of creatives, you will stick together. Mm -hmm. So that's the main thing I got from those two places that are similar. Yeah. So people that you met out on the West Coast, some of those people like, like how they helped you? Well, everyone I've met on the West Coast was from back home, from the DMV. Wow. So I just wow. went to, I kind of went to visit them. It's been years, but I went to visit them. I went to visit Royal, Money, Wale. My homegirl, Bessie, Bessie Donna, we worked at Revolt together. I got to see her. Mm -hmm. I got to see Bo, Bo Lee. She's cool. She's from the West Coast. <laughs> She's 100% West Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to see them thriving in a different environment than what yeah. I knew them in. So they were different. Like, right. It was the same person, but they weren't the same. And it was a beautiful thing to see because it's like, wow, like you've come a long way. I got to see them grow up in their element. Like everyone that's out in LA is doing what they love. Mm -hmm. That I know. Everyone that I know in LA is doing what they love. Yeah. So whether it's music, photography, videography, PR, they're running with it and thriving. And that's inspired me to get the fuck out the city. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I do, I'm, I'm not going to be in New York forever, but yeah. it's, it's beautiful Definitely. just to get out. Like we can thrive here. Can you imagine what we could do if we went somewhere else and mm. kind of build our own little scene essentially? Absolutely. And I want to, I want to do that. Absolutely, man. I think when people look at someone's life story, mm -hmm. they'll see like the highlights or like the, the good parts of it. Hmm. But like for you, what have been some of the struggles just in regards to getting to where you're at now? Some of the struggles, let's see. Ooh, <laughs> boy, money was always an issue. Like it's always tough. I mean, I suck at managing money regardless, but in the beginning it was hard because my mom lost her job at one point and everything was kind of like on me in a sense. Mm. Like I couldn't ask for money essentially. Yeah. And I had to figure out like, right, what am I gonna do? What gigs am I gonna work? Can I freelance a little bit? Am I gonna go back to the smoothie shop? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was always tough. And then another hard part was, I guess, relationships. It's hard to like balance. The balance was tough and I would come to points where I'd have to choose between my relationship and my career mm. just because of how I guess dedicated I am in a sense. Yeah. yeah. That's a bad thing. Balance is good. It's a bad thing for me, but it is what it is. I feel you. Like that, that's something that, that I think a lot of younger creators need to hear because people that I know who, you know, I've just really struggled and I've been met with so much opposition in their path because it's like they know what they want to do. They know what they're great at. But, you know, whether it's circumstance or people who get in the way or you know, may not see what they're doing as valuable that don't really value what they do properly, mm -hmm. that can sometimes get discouraging as a creative, you know? And yeah. it's something that when I first met you, I noticed that you're very positive yeah. and like having that positive outlook means a lot, you know? So what would you say to like younger creatives who may be met with rejection? How would you tell them to move correctly? So whoever tells you no, you punch them in the mouth as hard as you can, <laughs> Where keep it moving. No. That's it. So, so, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. Stop right there. That's enough. Nah, um, I did Taekwondo for 10 years. <laughs> and that kind of taught me, like you learn how to fight and defend yourself. And mm. but you also learn philosophy and like fighting is the last thing you want to do. Mm. So I've always 
just been a positive person just based off those philosophies. I don't want to hurt anybody and I don't feel a way if you feel a way, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you might feel a way about something, we can talk it out or you can just not talk to me, but the only person that can hurt you is you. So you have to come to an understanding with yourself that people aren't gonna always like what you do. People are gonna love what you do and maybe secretly not. Like there's so many variables to it, but take what's most beneficial to you from people. Yeah, man. that's real. You're your worst enemy. Yeah, you realize it, you know, the more and more you grow, a lot of it's mental. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another thing, like with the ability for social media to connect us all, but also there's this thing where people feel like they have to gauge the validity of their art or their creativity based upon the likes or like likes the attention. Favorites. Likes yeah. and favorites mean nothing. Yeah, It's cool, but it means nothing. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a, an audience of like 10 people and they like your work and they're paying a hundred bucks, per painting, like you stick with your little audience. It's, mm -hmm. it's cool. It's it's a facade in a sense. So don't take it too seriously Yeah. at all. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of younger creatives are sort of growing up in the Instagram generation now. So it's like, that's their only experience of valuing creativity if they are like following other creatives. It's like, how much attention are they getting? So I can see how it may be more difficult for a younger person to, to really, because they, they didn't grow up outside of that, you That's know? So, so like, what would you say to them? Like, is, is it something that they, they sort of have to unlearn or? Um, so it, it is a way to gauge popularity, but not skill. Mm. Like there's a difference. If you want to be popular, do what you can to get your followers up and get the likes, mm. like work towards it. But if you want to be successful, that's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. So there's success and popularity. They so, do not go hand in hand. So what would you say the difference between success and popularity is? Success is, it varies person by person, but to me, success would be a good income, a good fan base, big or small. And as long as my family is happy and I'm happy, like I'm good. Mm. What more do I need? I don't want to be on the cover of like Time Magazine. Yeah. And like, I'm black. Like most of these institutions and publications were based around like white people shit. No offense, white people, <laughs> but it's like, I want to make my own accolades, I guess. Like yeah. I want to inspire and that shit just doesn't matter to me. Like there was a point where I wanted to be on like four, starting under 30, which was literally like a month ago. And I was like, <laughs> do I, really, I don't really need this. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I want to yeah. get, I want to make a platform where I can give that to people mm. at some point That's where right. it's fair. And it's not just based on who you know and et cetera, et cetera. Right. Popularity is more like market post at least once a day, blah, 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 blah. Just try to popularize yourself. That takes time, but that doesn't mean success. Exactly. So don't confuse the two. Yeah, that's, that's something that I, I think is really important because you have some people who like think that popularity is success. That's their only mm -hmm. definition of success is being popular. Nope. And then they realize in chasing that goal of being popular, they're no longer happy. They're no longer fulfilled in yeah. that, you know, and it becomes almost a lost cause. And then it's like, okay, once you get to a certain level of popularity, then what? Are yep. you are you satisfied now? No, you're just like, I, I want more now. Yeah, exactly. And it's a never ending cycle. You gotta you keep know? that up. You gotta keep it up yeah. and you gotta keep an image up and it's, it's no longer, then you're no longer being yourself. Exactly. You know, so like the importance, like what you're saying, the difference between being successful and popular is key. Helping younger people realize maybe being successful is learning how to, my version of success is being true to myself. You know, that's my definition is like, I'm being the most true to myself at any given moment. 
at every moment, you know, like, and, and that's my version of, because then I know I'm fully actualizing who I am in my relationships with other people. Mm. That's what I feel like I'm at my best, you sure. know? And then, then our art would also reflect that. reflect that. I feel like that's when I, I connect with the best creativity through others is when I can connect with their true self. Like sure. they're being this, like I, I can see or I can hear the honesty back to the honesty word like you can hear the honesty in their words so for you like what, what does that mean to you in terms of being an honest creative well i guess in my field being an honest creative would be crediting everybody that's worked on the project with you because mm. i know some people just take full credit and it's like no there's a photographer there's an illustrator there's a so many other people involved exactly. in making so i always make sure i credit the people that need to be credited yeah that's that's really it credit credit mainly making sure my client or friend is on the same level as me when it comes to the excitement of what this means. Yeah. Like sometimes as an artist, I have to sell because this is what I know, this is what this communicates. I think your idea is cool, but we should flip it this way. Mm. No, we'll argue, figure it out, and then it'll it'll be good. Yeah. Instead of being like, let's just put this out or waiting to the last minute and being like, we don't have any time left, but you can use this. Yeah, That's man. not being honest, but being honest is just having those tips. You have to argue, you have to fight to be honest. Mm. Otherwise you guys aren't being Honest. Right, so. right. Yeah, it's facts, man. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's a lot that goes into your work mm -hmm. and a lot that goes into the thought process of creating. But like in terms of inspiration for you, are there specific artists, visual artists, music artists that sort of inspired you from the past or your more recent past that, that sort of informs your work today? When I need inspiration, I usually go to Kanye West's graduation album. Mm. Always gets me going. I did a report on him back in the day. Yeah. To a, a classroom filled with people that actually didn't like him. <laughs> and I broke it down, it was a great little speech, but my closing statement was, if you're a fan of Kanye West, you're a fan of yourself, because that's the mm -hmm. perspective he usually raps from. Mm. So Kanye West is my main inspiration. Graduation album is where I specifically go. Yeah, what about that album cover speaks to you? Oh, uh, what's his name? Takashi Murakami, he's yes. fire. Yeah. You know, one of my favorites. Man, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I think Para, this dude out of uh, the Netherlands, I think, he's a fire illustrator. Yeah. He draws yeah. a lot of raunchy stuff, but it's like funny too. Yeah. So he's one of my main inspirations. I don't know, I, I look for inspiration in everyday things. Like I'll build on a concept. So let's say we're doing an album cover about the first wheel ever made. So I do wheel, what did he use? A chisel, mm -hmm. what time of day was it? Night, morning, what was he wearing when he chiseled the first wheel? So we'll break down as much information as we can get from that. Yeah. And then I'll just do more research and try to figure out what am I gonna use to make this album cover or flyer or piece of art. So I kind of break down to the, the base of information. That's dope, man. Yeah. Yeah, and actually that artist you mentioned from the Netherlands, his work is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I see some of it, I think the first time I was introduced was like on a skateboard. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was just like, yo, like who is this? Yeah. Like he has such a unique style yeah. that it's comedic, but it's also thoughtful. It's like, there's so many different levels to it. Yeah. So like, those are the type of artists that I also gravitate towards as well, man. For you, like, I know you, you sort of went to school in the arts, but were you also going to galleries and museums and things like that? That's a good question. I would say museums are more for like dates to like flex, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I'm an artist, so let me just take this girl to a museum. <laughs> I, don't, I know how to break down a piece. They that's the play, that's the play. <laughs> but 
It depends. Mm -hmm. Like if I, my favorite artists are having gallery shows in the city, then I'll go. Mm -hmm. But I don't just go to museums. I, <laughs> I could be doing so many other things. Because right. I, I like having original, uh, there's really no such thing as an original idea, but I mm -hmm. like thinking that I have original ideas. <laughs> so I'll go to other places for inspiration. Mm -hmm. Like Central Park, Dumbo by the water, I go when it's warm. Badford's kind of dope. It's kind of like the indie, trendy old town of New York. Yeah, I just go places. When I need, when I get ideas, I gotta go sit in a different environment. Yeah. And as long as I have my little pad, I'll just sketch my ideas. Yeah. Museums are just a little thing I use for dates. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so, so I think like being able to like have this conversation with you means a lot, man. I think your work speaks for itself. Thank you. You know, but a lot of people are gonna benefit from being able to hear your thoughts behind it. I'm benefiting just from even talking to you, Thank just you. learning, man. I feel like you're, you're onto something, man. I'm trying, I'm trying to be. Yeah, because, you know, we're seeing your work now, like, more and more often in, like, projects that just released. You're beginning to, like, really put your signature on things and, like, you're creating a name for yourself. So this conversation, it means a lot, man. So so thank you for coming on the show of and course. sharing so much, man. Thank so, you for having me on such short notice. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, name some of, like, the more recent projects that you've done artwork for. Um, the latest I've done, I guess, on Nikon's Kites I worked on. Brian Yoon was the main illustrator, mm. and I did the layout and the coloring. I've done Joyner Lucas. He just put an album out. I worked with him on his album cover. Who else? Carter Reeves, amazing, amazing musician. He's, a, he's more pop and indie, but he makes phenomenal music. So his album is called Fresh Fruit. What else? There's so much. You can check out my portfolio at yeah. nickychulo.com. Yeah, N-I-C-K-Y-C-H-U-L-O. There's some stuff there. So, But yeah, there's just so much like because I'll be working on stuff and there's, we work on things in album cycles, so it'll be like six months. Yeah. So I'll mention something that I can't mention and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, right, right, so, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Go it's check that good. out. It's all yeah. good, man. And also, thank you for coming through to do the podcast because recently I interviewed my boy Calico. Mm. DJ, no, I'm not. He was just here. Yeah, cool guy. And like, he's also from the DMV. And I had no idea you guys were both from the yeah. until today. And like, it's funny, like we have this conversation and it's like, it's happening. Like people are connecting. We're beginning to see like like-minded people who will just naturally end up in the same places. Yeah. You know, so like, thank you, man, for really coming through and, and sharing your perspective. I've learned so much from you just sitting down with you that here. Makes so, me happy. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. So I just see nothing but great things, man. It's, it's only going to get better. And, you know, we're all going to be watching. Definitely, man. So thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so how can people get in contact with you specifically? You can follow me on Twitter at Nikki Chulo, N-I-C-K-Y-C-H-U-L-O. That's all my social media, Twitter, Instagram. You can go on LinkedIn. My name is Nicholas Falter and, and just, you know, endorse my stuff. <laughs> Write me some recommendations. I don't care. Um, I mean, reach out to me. I don't bite. I take a while to respond sometimes when I'm busy, but I'm usually around, so. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is Taj Alexander, Nikki Chulo on the open canvas. And we're out. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you. To find out more about the open canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram at the open canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj, T-A-J dot open canvas at gmail.com. This has been the open canvas produced by Taj Alexander and edited by Amanda Hughes.